Um, so we invited six students to come up tonight and share with you. And so if you guys would come up and have a seat up here while they're getting this cleared off, that'd be great. Um, so I'm going to have them share, I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you and have them share um, some things, some specific questions that I'm going to ask them tonight. But just to kind of set this up, um, you know, I, I want to I set up this kind of vision of, of why we do things like this. And the last song that we just sang um, talked about, like, the Lord meeting us. Like, would you meet me here again? And that's because we really believe that God wants to interact with us. And that he does that, that there are times when he shows up, when he, there are opportunities that we have to learn from him, to hear from him. There are times that he wants to point things out to us, that he wants to communicate something to us through another person or through scripture, um, through lots of different ways. And it's important that we take a second and recognize those, because it's really easy to just miss them, right? Or like to have that moment and you're like, oh, I, this is really significant, and then life goes on and you forget about this encounter that we've had with the God of the universe and this thing that he wants to show us. And so we want to make sure that we take some time and we build this into our lives of reflecting um, and thinking and recognizing what God is doing um, and just kind of contemplating that and sharing that with other people so that they can be, we can all be encouraged by each other's stories, that we can be challenged by the things that God is doing in one another's lives. So this semester, if you've been around here, on Monday nights we've been studying the book of Daniel, and we've been reading the stories in Daniel about God working through him. And Daniel gives us this model of what it looks like to live differently. That he's, he's living in a culture that is very different from the way that God wants him to be living. And so, um, there are all kinds of decisions that Daniel needs to make in order to live in that culture, and lots of lessons that we learn about what it means to be different. And it's an important lesson for us because um, I think it's really easy for us, if you have grown up in the church or in this kind of religious environment, to buy this idea that following Jesus can be a really easy thing that's just kind of a thing that you do on Sundays or that you do a couple times a year or that you just kind of add that name onto your identity like oh, I, I do all these other things and I'm a Christian. There's been this um, idea, this lie that's been floated out to us that you can just sprinkle that identity on top of everything. I can add it into everything else and, and that's what it means to be a Christian. It's just to do these things once in a while. And what we're learning is that being a Christian means like, being different. Not blending in quite so much, that there are going to be times when it's awkward. That there are going to be times when we have to stick out, when we have to stand up for something. Um, there are going to be times when um, we have to be humble, like David talked about a few weeks ago. There are times when we have to recognize what integrity is and being consistent. And if we say this is who we are, that the things we do will follow that. So we've been talking about what it means not only for David to be different in Scripture, but for us, those of us who have decided that we're all in, that we want to follow Jesus, what does that mean? 
about how we have to be living differently. What does it mean for me to live differently than the culture around me or differently from the way that I was living before I decided to follow Jesus? So that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight. And really the first question that I have for these guys is this. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Uh, Let's just do introductions first. Okay, we'll do that. Hello, my name is Anna Kanay, and I major in political science and global studies, and I'm a senior. Hello, my name is Estelle Higdon. I'm a communications major, and I am a junior. Hi, I'm Olaf. I'm a biochemistry pre-med major, and I'm a senior. Hi, I'm Mia, and I am an elementary education major, and I'm a freshman. I'm Kelsey. I'm an English and education major, and I'm a freshman. I am Colin Mosley. I'm a poli-sci major, and I am a sophomore academically, but I'm my first year here. Great. Okay. So the first question that we have for you is this. Is, um, in light of all of this that we've been, you guys have been around this semester, and small groups were studying this here on Monday nights were studying this, what is a way that you feel like God is challenging you to live differently this semester? And we're, I know that we're just going to go right down the row since we're sharing the microphone, okay? Okay, Um, literally, I guess, to answer the question, um, scheduling is kind of crazy this semester. Um, I did not realize, I guess, when I left in December um, that life was gonna be totally different in January. New classes, new people, new schedules, and to be quite honest, uh, it had seemed like in the first three or four weeks that I wasn't really back yet. And I don't mean like I wasn't having a good time. It just seemed so different. And so I think a way um, that God had really challenged me uh, recently to be different is to make the most of it. And I started to realize that the reason I felt that way was because I was not um, capitalizing, per se, on every opportunity. Um, And in my opinion, and and when I was growing up in church, they said that a, a growing Christian uh, if you're not growing in God, then you're going, then you're going away from God. Uh, there is no such thing as a neutral Christian. You're either uh, growing closer or growing farther away. And so I think, just to sum it all up, really, when it came to scheduling and my time frame, uh, the more time I allotted for God, the more I started to feel like I was, you know, at home again here at UIS. Um, so just to, yeah, to sum it all up, um, acting differently meant acting more um, interacting more with God. So I try to be a very reflective person on my actions and um, anything that I do, anything that I go to, I think, how can I improve? Um, How can I be better? How can I be my better self? How could that event have gone differently or something like that? So this series on living differently and studying the book of Daniel has really challenged that reflection for me. And so um, specifically in chapter three of Daniel, I've been reflecting on what I'm idolizing in my life and how and in what situations I tend to conform to the world instead of sticking to what God says. And so in chapter 3 of Daniel, um, we discussed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. And as the story mainly focuses on those three Jews and the fact that God was with them in the fire that they were put into, Um, I focused on the Jews that did bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, and I related to those Jews. 
Um, and I'm not saying that I turned fully away from God in any moment, but there are times where I tend to, um, my words and my actions tend not to reflect what God wants me to do and who God made me to be and what he says. And um, so to be different, I'm going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and trust that God will be next to me in any fire that I'm in, that he is there in any situation I'm in watching me. And um, I can look to a lot of other people in the Bible too, including Jesus himself, who was persecuted. And I think that a lot of this just anxiety to conform to the world comes from anxiety and fear of judgment, um, fear of persecution from my peers who may not have the same beliefs as me. But I am resolving to put my ultimate trust in God and his power and his word to leave a situation or to change a situation where my actions may not reflect um, who I want to be and who God wants me to be. Hi. Okay, so this study in Daniel has really changed my perspective on what it means to live boldly and fearlessly for the kingdom of God. Um, I had heard these stories of Daniel in the lion's den and um, in the fiery furnace as a kid, and you think, wow, that's so cool. But reflecting on it now, um, just thinking about how God calls us in John 10, 17, um, Jesus is speaking, and it says, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. And I think it's so... Um, just mind-blowing that Daniel would have, the, and his friends would have the courage to look death straight in the eye and still choose the side of Jesus. Um, I'd like to say um, that I would do the same thing, but if I were in that situation, it'd be really hard. Um, and so I think just, uh, just having courageous faith um, this semester and going forward um, boldly for God is definitely my call um, throughout this study. And um, I think being God uses um, whenever we are available and able and we say, God, um, I'm willing to do your work wherever that may take me. God really uses that. I've noticed that in my own life recently. Um, a final point that I found, which is a really good verse I like um, reflecting on, is Philippians 1.20. For I fully expect and hope I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to live boldly for Christ. I trust my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. And this really ties into Daniel because he was able um, to say, whether in the lion's den or in the furnace, you know, whether I live or die, I'm still going to um, live boldly for Christ. And um, I'm going to try to mirror that throughout this semester. So, Hi. So um, I feel like, God has challenged me to live differently this semester, mostly, okay, so my last semester wasn't the greatest. I kind of disappeared from the whole church spectrum for a bit, and I was struggling a lot with, like, my other extracurricular activities. Um, a lot of you know I was president of a sorority last semester, and I recently finished, and I just remember, like, I was, like, telling a lot of people that I was stressed or that I was sad, and, like, I put that on being the president of a sorority, but I realized, like, it wasn't that, like, this semester. It was that I wasn't, like, giving time to God, like, at all. Like, I kept making excuses not to go to Monday night service. I, like, made excuses not to, like, read my Bible. I had homework to do and all that stuff. So I think this semester, God is really challenging me to, like, stop and, like, listen. And not just to, like, other people, but, like, to him and kind of, like, give myself that break to, like, 
there will always be homework. I'm I, like I said, I'm going to be a pre I'm going into medical school. So like there will be no break. Um, but I need to like set expectations like who I'm living for. Am I just living this life for me or am I living it for for the Lord? Am I living to be seen like how I want people to see me as mm, let me start over. Am I living to like let people see Jesus Christ through me or am I living just to like fulfill my worldly ambitions? and to think before I speak because I can let I can choose to let a lot of negative energy into the world or a lot of positive energy into the world and we really have to think on words hurt a lot more than you think whether you mean them negatively or not and so you really need to realize what you're speaking out there because you can't take that back and to just give him more of my time. So uh, as some of you may know, I'm on the ministry team for CSF this semester, and it's really made me view life in college a lot differently. Uh, being in discipleship with others has really helped me to grow in my relationship with God and to see how God can change others' hearts. Um, I've been finding God throughout my day and just like seeing him in places that I didn't know that I needed him. Um, and over this past couple months, I've been, there's just been something like weighing on my heart recently. And I, uh, uh, at retreat, um, there was like something that like f switched in my mind and I realized that God is wanting me to go into ministry. So I, I just realized this this weekend. So it's, uh, it's a big thing. Um, but, and I don't know where that's going to really take me at this point, but I'm just really excited about that journey. All right. Well, um, mine is actually kind of similar to Ola's and Colin's. So I am definitely the type of person that says yes to everything and wants to do everything. And I have severe FOMO, fear of missing out. And um, basically, I've struggled with this like my whole life. I like to section off all of my time and ba barely breathe. But last semester, I definitely did that. And I think one thing that God has challenged me to do differently is to be a lot more conscious about what I say yes to. And like not, you know, like good and bad things, but there's a lot of good things that you also have to say no to so that you can pick the best thing to say yes to. And um, I realized that when I just spend all my time being so busy and whatever, the first thing that gets crowded out is like my devotion with God so easily to just brush that by as like you guys were saying with like homework and like activities and all this stuff. So I said no to a few things. I dropped my art minor and um, I stepped down as leadership here and I just I'm not in a lot of clubs that I used to be in. Um, but it's been so much better. I've been able to focus more and pray more and just um, or focus on God more. And um, so that's something that God's kind of been challenging me to live differently in this semester and then just moving forward, being conscious of what I say yes to and what I spend my time doing. Um, and then also just like praying to him about even the little decisions because I definitely am, I definitely like struggle with like, God, what do you want me to do when it's like faced with a life altering decision of like where to go to college or whether or not to study abroad and all that stuff. I prayed a lot during those times, but I don't pray as consistently about the smaller things and like Dave or Daniel talks about like he prays like three times a day consistently and I I need to do that so um, that is definitely something that I'm working on now and a scripture verse that kind of goes kind of goes along with this is Ephesians 5 and it says be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil 
I just really like that because I want to make the most of every opportunity that God gives me. So um, if you didn't know, this past weekend, there were a bunch of us that went to a retreat with Illinois State University and Western Illinois University. If you went on that retreat, raise your hand. Yeah. Um, it was a great weekend. It was great to get away. And um, we talked specifically, the speaker that came, um, he talked about relationships. Um, but it's, it wasn't just relationships. It had a lot to do with, like, us and being whole being whole people, like even before you could think about getting into a relationship, and um, just lots of really, really good stuff, and so that's the question. For those of you that did go on the retreat, not everybody did, and that's okay, but for those of you who did go on the retreat, um, what is a way that you feel like God challenged you to think differently about maybe relationships? Hello again. Okay, so um, he, the, the speaker, Randy, talked about three different types of marriages, and all three of them I can definitely see in our culture, so you guys can probably also. So the first type is when a guy and a girl get together and they're both selfish and insecure, and so they kind of rob from each other because they want to feel that validation, like they want to feel cool or feel pretty or feel wanted, and so the whole relationship is built on this insecurity, and so it doesn't last long. The second type is what I think is more of what I like kind of pictured, which was based on the idea that I love him or her because blah, 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 like he has all these qualities or he has all, like he's my type or whatever, like, you know, we all have the ideal type of guy or girl, whatever. And um, he said the problem with this, though, is that people change drastically. And he says, like, think about how different you were when you were 13 years old and, like, how you are now. And then he says, by the time you're 21 to the, to the age of 31, you're going to change more between those years than you changed when you were 13 to 21. And that is just crazy to think about. In 10 years, we're going to be, like, so different. And so he says so many relationships get together, and then as people change, they start to drift apart and all of, all of that. And so that's why people are like, I don't love him anymore. They're not the same person as they once were, whatever. And so that's why that, that type of marriage kind of fails. And so then he says the third type is um, where there's two people that are godly and they're whole. So they're wise in Christ is kind of another word he used for whole. And when they come together, it's not just about um, what type of person they are or whatever, but they choose to invest in each other. And that's what he kept quoting. Like um, he quotes from Matthew 6 saying, like, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Or another word of saying this is where you invest, there your heart will be also. So it's no longer about um, like, oh, he has all these great things that I am attracted to and that I like, but I'm going to choose to invest in him and treat him or her in a way that's pleasing to God, in a way that how God loves us. So basically, I just um, want to think about relationships more about this. It's not necessarily just about who you marry, but how you treat the person that you end up marrying. And I just want to work on being as whole as I can so that I can love that person as much as God loves me and, um, and invest in them as, as much as God has invested in me. And so a verse that goes with that is Romans, somewhere, one second, Romans 8.32. I'm going to go up over here. Thank you. Okay, so Romans 8.32 says that he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So God invested so much in us, and so we can invest in other people. <clears throat> 
So I was really surprised at about, about how much information I learned at this retreat. Um, that being this, this was my first time going to one of these retreats, so it was very like surprising. Um, but like the biggest thing was like learning that how to be whole and that I needed to be whole in order to love someone else and like actually being whole in myself and in the Lord, um, it really like hit me like a train because I'd, I'd always thought that I was like whole and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this on my own or whatever. But like actually thinking about it, I was like, you know, I could still work on becoming even more whole. Um, the other big thing was that the idea of how Anna said, like whatever you invest in is where your heart will be. Um, I never really thought about this, and not even just in relationships, but in life. So, like, even getting through tough times by investing in good things is something that I will absolutely apply to my life. Okay. So, um, this weekend, I definitely felt like Randy was coming at my whole life. Um, and I know that a lot of you who went also felt that way, but I really felt like my whole life story was slipped to him somewhere and I wasn't like watching and he was just like trying to talk to me without singling me out. But, so I got a lot from this weekend, but I'll spare you all the whole three day spiel and give you a couple of points. He talked about um, like having a, like everybody has a season of singleness and like I never really thought of it like that, but like we all came into this world like, you know, it's you, this is your life. Like you're not sharing that life with anyone. Like at the end of the day, like it is your life. Um, but you're like kind of like on your own, but not like without Christ obviously, but like you're living this life. You have these choices to make. You can't like base that off of other people. But he was like, you need to cherish and utilize your season of singleness to really like prepare yourself for that wholeness that Anna and Estelle were talking about. Um, and I thought that that was like mind blowing. Not that I hadn't thought of life that way before, but like hearing it like that and like having it relate to you so much and like him pulling from scripture and all that, I was like, wow, I'm really throwing away my season of singleness because a lot of the times like I'm okay being single because I am single, I'll put that out there. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm one of those people who like bounces between like, yes, I'm a single lady and like single ladies will come on and I'll put my hand up proudly. And then I'll like see my friends who are in relationships and I'm like, wow, like I'm so lonely. But I'm not lonely. Like I have Christ and I have that time to devote to him and kind of like search within myself and realize like what I need for myself because I'm sure you've all heard this like, how can you expect someone to love you if you don't love yourself, you know? And I realize that I don't love myself the way that I should. Like, I've, I'm, like, really hard on myself. I'm my biggest critic. And um, this past, like, couple of semesters, this past semester, I've been, like, really, really hard on myself because I want to prepare for, like, the medical school test and I want to make sure that I'm not disappointing my parents and I want to make sure that I'm not, like, a complete failure in life, which is very dramatic, but if you know me, I'm a very dramatic person. And um, so, like, I just need to take a step back and kind of, like, realize that, like, I'm not alone in this. And if I, like, just turn to him and I give him, like, my worries and stuff, like, all of that will kind of not go away. But I feel like he'll lead me to the place that I need to be. Um, he also talked about um, our emotions. And he called them, like, unpacking your box. So we're all born with, like, 35 emotions. But we really only express five to seven of them, he said. And I was like, what? 
And he was like, yeah, think about it. And I was like, no, you're right. You're not, you're not wrong. But he talked about like how we have permissible emotions. So those are the five to seven that we express. And then we have like the rest of the emotions. And so those are emotions that we may have not been like allowed to feel or really allowed to explore when we were younger. So we either found a way to express them through our permissible emotions. So like, let's say I'm really, I get embarrassed super easily, but like embarrassment is not something that was like permissible in my family. Not to say like I would get in trouble for being embarrassed, but like your parents would be like, oh, why are you embarrassed? Like, why are you like thinking like that? Like, let's move on. It's not that big of a deal. So like young me was like, okay, well, I'm not allowed to be embarrassed anymore. So I pushed that away. So now 22 year old me is like, I'm embarrassed. But instead of saying like, yes, I'm embarrassed. Let's work through this. I express it as like anger or like fear or something, something that was allowed. And so I was like, whoa. I was like, that's me. And then he's like, if you don't do that, then you probably express it through something like physical. And so he talked about like three different stages of like these physical emotions. And I think he referred to them as like the Baal and the Asheron. I don't know how that ends, but it's, it, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so he was like, there are negative ones that we all know. So like drugs, alcohol, sex, all that. But then he talked about like neutral and positive ones. And I was like, there are positive bad things? And he was like, yes, yes there are. And he talked about like how he started preaching and like he used that as like a way to express his emotions. So if he like felt like he preached really badly one day, he would like be really hard on himself and he realized like that's not like why he should be preaching. He shouldn't be preaching to like have a good sermon or for people to come up to him and be like, you did great today. Like it should be because like he felt led to lead, th like let that word out. And I was like, whoa. So I kind of cried that night, and I was like, oh, I'm doing my whole life wrong. But that's not what, that was not the point of it. It was just kind of like an eye-opener for me. And so he also talked about how you're, like, never alone, and I kind of touched on that, like, God is walking through you, like, walking through this life with you. And if you turn to him and you give him that moment, like, you will feel a peace and you'll feel, like, a joy that you haven't felt before. And that's all I have today for you. Okay, so um, first of all, shout out to Randy because he is like one of the best speakers I've ever heard. Um, and it was a great weekend. Um, I can say a million things about that. But um, a recurring theme in my life right now is seasons. And seasons change all the time. In Ecclesiastes, it talks about every um, activity under heaven it has a certain season that is built, um, it's meant for. And seasons are supposed to change. And if you've lived in Illinois long, you know that the seasons are all, weather is crazy. But I'm not talking about that weather. I'm talking about or th those seasons, um, the seasons in our life. So um, they're hard and challenging, I'll be honest. Um, you can go through a period where you're really close to one person. And then the next season, you're called to um, spend some time by yourself or um, a season of loneliness, a season of joyfulness, and it changes. It can change rapidly. Um, and even, um, especially as college students, we're used to change, you know, um, learning to live on our own, learning to manage our time and everything. And so uh, seasons, there's no really shortcut way to learn how to deal with them. You just have to um, take every new one as it comes. And so I've learned, especially over this retreat, that every season has a purpose. Um, and we talked about, it was about relationships. So singleness, 
and dating and marriage, they all have purposes. And you're supposed to, for example, in singleness, you're supposed to find your wholeness within yourself and with God. And then you can fully um, love others. And I think that without this wholeness, um, I, and I can see this in my life, I feel empty. When seasons change and I'm so comfortable in one situation and then it, I don't have that anymore, I feel a hole inside. So I try to fill it with... Um, hanging out with more people, going out to eat, doing, you know, spending my money, which I should be saving. Um, but anyway, um, just spending, you know, going out with friends and doing this thing. But I really think that if we try to fill our hole inside of us from the emptiness of a gone season, um, we're never going to get there if we try to fill it with things of this earth. But what God calls us to do is find wholeness with God, and then we can go through every season um, complete, and we can see joy in every season. Um, so as kind of encouragement to you and myself, Colossians 4, 5 encourages us um, to make the most of every opportunity for Christ. So whether you're in a high season or a low season, um, I just encourage you to find wholeness with yourself and with God, and um, yeah, just, just focus on uh, him walking with you. So. so we've been talking about the retreat, and I know, like, there's a lot of you who didn't go or maybe didn't know about it, but I seriously suggest that if you have a chance, um, we do one in the fall and one in the winter, so if you have a chance to go on the retreat, I suggest you do, um, just a fellowship and get to know um, people in CSF, and so, yeah, just, there's a little shout out. Um, so, two things I kind of took away from this retreat, one of them involving relationships, one of them not. Um, first thing with relationships, and even though we were talking about um, the season of singleness, the season of dating, and the season of marriage, I think what he talked about can be involved in any relationship we have, like even in friendships. Um, so we talked a lot about love and the systems of love. And I realized I throw the word love out pretty willy-nilly. Um, I tell people that maybe I just met two weeks ago, oh, I love you, like, I'll see you soon. Um, but I didn't really think about what that word means until this weekend. Um, so some of the systems of love he said is the, kind of like Anna touched on this, um, I love you if you meet my needs. I love you because, which is more of like common interests and things. And then I love you and I'm going to invest my time in you. So I kind of reflected on when I say the word love, does that mean I'm going to spend time with that person? Am I going to pour into them? Am I going to invest in them um, as a friendship or as a um, other kind of relationship. And then when I say that I love the Lord, um, am I reflecting in my actions and in my time of pouring into, like, pouring into the word and spending time and investing time with the Lord? And another thing that stood out to me, and it was a phrase that he just kind of threw in there um, a little bit as he was telling a story, but it kind of hit hard for me, was he said Christianity is not performance-based. And that worship is remembering what God has done and describing his worth to him. And I thought about that a lot of when I'm up here leading worship, whether it be singing or playing the piano, or whether I'm in my room and reading my Bible at night, am I really embracing the words that God is saying to me or that I'm saying to God? Um, when we sing, like, what a beautiful name, do I truly in my heart, am I truly praising God, what a beautiful name, or am I focusing on the right notes that I'm singing? Or, if I'm, or am I focusing on if people are watching me um, and singing along? Or if I'm doing it right? 
at night when I read, am I taking something away from my reading or am I just checking it off a list to say that I'm a good Christian and I'm performing as a Christian should? Um, so, yeah. Well, hey, give these guys a round of applause. Thank them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great job. Um, so once again, we tell stories like not to make anybody feel bad who didn't come to the retreat or, man, you really missed it. It was, you know, but we tell stories because it's kind of like marking time. It's like, you know, on this timeline of life of like making a little like an X, like, hey, this something happened here where I learned something about myself here or where God encouraged me here or I really felt loved by him here or I really felt challenged or I really felt him calling me to do something and take a next step. Um, because when the God of the universe like interacts with us, we want to remember it. Like we want to pay attention to that. And so tonight we want to give um, just our whole community a chance to do that. Whether you have, this is your first time here, don't feel worried, no, I mean, you don't have to do anything tonight. But we want to give everybody an opportunity, if you want to, um, to take a second and to mark time. And to say, this is how I am sensing God challenging me to live differently this semester. This is, this is what I'm learning about um, being different. And so the worship team is going to come back up. You guys can sit down. And the worship team is going to come back up. And um, we're going to sing a couple of songs. And while we're singing those songs, maybe just the first song? Are we just doing one? Okay. But, but while we're singing, um, I want you to spend, you know, a little bit of time kind of reflecting, maybe thinking through that question. Um, what am I learning? What am I being challenged to live differently? In what way am I being challenged to live differently this semester? We have a piece of paper with some markers on the back table, and no, this is just for you and for the Lord. Like, you know, nobody's going to know who wrote what. We're not going to be watching that. Um, But as we're singing and everybody's standing, when you're ready, um, if you want to, we want to encourage you to go back there and just write it down. This is a way. You tell your story. You share your testimony about how God is encouraging you and challenging you to live differently this semester as we sing.